Hello, this is Reverend Abigail, and this podcast is created from an eight-week series that we did on This Thing Called You, which is a book written by Ernest Holmes, who is the founder of Centers for Spiritual Living. If you want to find out more about our center, you can reach us at spiritualliving.org. Enjoy the class. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm so excited about these two chapters. I found them really interesting. I have read this book a couple of times, and I think it's been a good maybe year and a half since I've read it. And it's so interesting to me that there's always, it seems to be new information. And the one thing that I love about Ernest Holmes and all the, all the wisdom that he imparts in all of his books, I don't know if you know, he's got, I would say like 20 or 30 books. So I actually haven't read them all. <laughs> but I keep finding nuggets of information that that benefits me in my life. So it's my intention that today you'll get some nuggets that you'll be able to take home and apply things in your life and really step into living a life that you love. And that again is my intention for you is that you continue to live your life and it's a life that you love. That is my dream for everybody. So the first thing that I love that Ernest Holmes talked about in the chapter, he talked about this concept of being yourself. And he says, since no persons are alike, there must be a unique place for you in the she- in this scheme of things. The divine pattern would be imperfect without you. Dare to be yourself. Stand in wonder before the majesty and might, the beauty and the power of that divine presence which seeks expression through your individual life. Since no two people are alike, there must be a unique place for you in the scheme of things. So I have a little story that I love. It's from the Book of Awakening. I've I've actually been kind of co-reading these alongside each other, is this Book of Awakening and uh, this thing called you. And in, in the Book of Awakening is by Mark Nico, and he has a little fish story, which is a one-sentence fish story. The instant fish accept that they will never have arms, they grow fins. So I love the story because it really reminds me of accepting what is not in our nature, rather than being distracted by all that we think or that we should be. I recognize and know that when I accept who I am and who I am not, that I'm able to freely utilize my inner resources to transform into the particular self that I'm aching to be. So accepting, accepting that I'm not, you know, I, I love being a minister and I really love Kathy Ann. I think she is an amazing minister and I'm not Kathy Ann. And I think for me, it's, it's really finding out like, well, where's the places that I can serve the best and where are the talents and skills that I have and what can I learn from Kathy Ann? And then how can I celebrate her as her being her own individual minister self and me being my own individual minister self. And I'm sure you have people in your life like that where, where you admire them and you appreciate their skill set. And you also maybe even recognize some of the the shiny inside that they are in yourself as well. And because you recognize that, you also seek to be that 
but the thing is you get to be that in the way that is unique and special for you. So what I know is that I get to surrender to my own inner essence and allowing that without necessarily knowing what will happen next to, to open to my life unfolding. So I was reading about uh, an example from this, uh, this Spanish painter, Goya. I don't know if you've heard about him, but there's a man named Andre Melrose who wrote about Goya. And uh, apparently Goya died in 1972, but he understood that to allow his genius to become apparent to himself, it was necessary that he dare to give up aiming to please. And it was really interesting because that realization didn't happen to him until he went deaf. So he became deaf and he realized that he had been listening to everybody else's critiques and criticisms and he finally gave that up and started thriving as a painter when he became deaf. So I don't think that we need to have something so dramatic to happen to us for us to realize that what everybody else says about us is not what is most important. The most important thing is us being true to ourselves and shining our light in the particular way that we do. Mark Nepo also talked about, he said, though the earth is touched by everything alive, it's never stops turning around the fire at its center. And though we are touched by the stories with strangers and the far off songs and the birds lost in the wind, we find our way by following the spirit's voice at our center. Too much is lost in waiting for someone else to tell us what moves us is real. So I thought this really is really impactful to me. It's a good reminder to really continue to seek out who is this unique person that I have here? Who, who am I and what gifts do I have to share the world, to share with the world? I have a quote from Howard, Howard Washington Thurman. He says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So my question to you on this is where do you shine? What do you have to share with the world and what makes you come alive? And later when we do either the Q&A or just the sharing time period, I'd love it if you want to share any of that with us. So the next point that I loved in these two chapters is to understand that life wishes for you to have the best. Ernest Holmes said that you rob no person when you discover your own good. You limit no person when you express a greater degree of livingness. You harm no one by being happy. You steal from no one by being prosperous. You hinder no person's evolution when you consciously enter into the kingdom of your good and possess it today. Mm. It was really interesting because I was, I was reading this book and I read this, this chapter and I also 
when I read, I listen to meditation music just to focus my mind and my energy. And I was listening to this, um, I guess it was like positive thoughts meditation. It actually had an image come onto my computer screen. I was reading the book, taking notes on my computer, and this image came onto my computer screen along with this quote that said, don't let people pull you into their storms. Pull them into your peace. Mm. And I really love that. Like really our job is to find our peace, to to seek our good, to receive our good, because when we receive our good, we can share. But we can't share the thing that we don't feel like we have, right? So it's, it's really important that we spend time looking for what is, what is my good and, and how can I really tap into it? Because all of us already have the kingdom of heaven within us or queendom, whatever you want to call it, the thedom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of us have that within us. And can we tap into that in order to be a benefit to the world? Mark Nepo talked about a story from a, a woman, her name is Helen Luke. And the quote that he used was, yours is to live it, not to reveal it. Mm. And he said, she was inviting me to stop recording the poetry of life and to enter into the poetry of life. So I, I really think that that's the invitation to us is to, to step into being a part of the poetry of life instead of just observing it. It's more like having a conscious participation in it and a conscious role in being in it. So the last thing I wanted to say on this point is something that Ernest Holmes said. He said, you are assuming that you are an immortal being right now. You are assuming that the good which exists is in the future actually already exists in the present. Therefore, to place your good in the future is to merely delay your entering into the kingdom of heaven now. And I took that to mean you know, it's interesting because Kathy Ann kind of spoke about this too at the prayer service, where, where when we have the feeling of receiving something, we've actually already received it. So it's when we have that feeling of, you know, even if I'm going on a trip and I have, once I have the excitement of the trip already within me, that it's like the trip has already happened. Once I have the feeling of, you know, when I, when I applied for this job, I can tell you exactly when I felt like this was my role, this was my dream job, and I had it. And I, could, I knew that, that moment when I had it, it was way before you all voted me in. <laughs> but there was, there was something in me that, that I claimed it and I knew it was mine. And I moved forward with that knowingness, knowing everything else was all just... Um, me, me playing out the role of, of something that I already knew. So that's the, the, second, the second point, is to understand that life wishes for you to have the best. And the third point, which I thought was an extra good point, is to expect more good. Ernest Holmes says, expectancy speeds progress. Therefore, live in a continual state of expectancy. 
No matter how much good you're experiencing today, expect greater good tomorrow. Expect to meet new friends. Expect to, to meet new and wonderful experiences. Try this magic of expectancy and you will soon discover a dramatic side to your work, which gives full vent to construct a feeling. It makes life a game that is a joy to play. And I was, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about Thomas Edison. Now, when, when Thomas Edison was discovering the light bulb or inventing the light bulb, he was trying to figure out how do I take this, this unseeable current of energy and harness it and turn it into light. And it took him a really long time to figure out. I can't even remember. I think he went through thousands of, of tries trying to figure it out. And when he was asked if he was ever discouraged or he thought he was wasting his time, he said that he wasn't because every single time he learned something new. He learned that there was another material that was not to be used, that wasn't workable. And so that would narrow things down for him. And he didn't see his many attempts as a failure, like, oh, I failed thousands of times in trying to create the light bulb. Instead, he, he saw it as a part of his process of discovery. So each thing kind of led him to something new. Each, each thing that wasn't working was like, okay, well, that, that means I'm curious. There's so much more to receive. So I'd love for you to think about how can I expect that there's more good coming to me? You know, it's like Edison believed that it was possible. And he believed that the more he tried, the more likely he was to get it. So couldn't we all take that on in our lives, that the more we believe and the more we try, the more likely we are to receive that thing that we already know is possible. And I think, and I know that with God, with spirit, with source, all things are possible. So especially because it hasn't been done yet, that means you might be the one person to have this be done. I think about Brene Brown. She's, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown. I've read all her books. I'd like to read them three or four times. I could use it <laughs> just because they're so meaty. They're also so good. And, you know, when she did this talk, her, her big breakout talk, on her TED talk on the, the power of vulnerability, she was completely terrified because here she was a researcher and she was researching vulnerability and nobody had ever done it before. Nobody had ever done that. And she thought that that meant, you know, she was like an outcast. People, you know, people wouldn't, you know, <laughs> accept her. But instead, what happened is that people were, were just eating it up because they needed it. And so what if there's something that you provide to the world that is needed? Something inside of you that's unique. Well, yeah, maybe nobody's doing it right now. Or um, maybe you're doing something like uh, one thing that's, that's challenging for me as a minister is writing talks or um, I want to write a book. And the thought that comes to me, the, the negative thought, the scary thought that comes to me is like, oh, well, 
this has been said before, you know, like Ernest Holmes has said these words before. You know? <laughs> Somebody's already said it, but they haven't said it like me. You know, the book that I want to write, they haven't written it like me. And I may be saying the same information, but I don't know about you. I've read something, you know, 15, 50 times. And then all of a sudden somebody says it in a certain way and then I get it, you know? So who you are is valuable and important. So the three things, the three things that I want you to keep note of and to think about today and maybe ask questions on or, or share your impressions on is one, be yourself. Two, understand that life wishes for you to have the best. And three, to expect more good. So that is me. I am complete. <laughs>